Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Well, today's message is this. It's, are you a friend of God? We're still in our series, uh, the Gospel of John, the light of the world. And, uh, you know, uh, before I go any further, though, I just want to call attention to someone special here today who went through, uh, had even major surgery. Uh, Denise, I love you. Just kind of wave. If you get a chance, say hi to Denise. Denise Kenny's here today, and she made it. And so if you... If you haven't seen, yeah, Marty's like, what, where? I got to see that lady, right, right, right? There she is. And so, love you, Denise. So glad you're here. And uh, praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. So, uh, well, anyway, here's, here's our scripture today. Take a look at this. Uh, just starting off. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, and if you were here a couple weeks ago, you remember Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, so we're talking about the same person. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I've chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Wow. Can God say that about you? Yeah, I know Dave Dorsey. He's my friend. Yeah, Tom Salzler, he's my friend. Marie DeSanto, she's my friend. Michelle Severt, she's my friend. Mike, he's my friend. Larry, he's my friend. Can God say that about you? You're my friend. Well, we're going to go ahead and read some scripture today where Jesus talks about some things that make a person a friend. He actually calls his disciples his friends, and so as we open up the word, it'll help us to understand, well, am I his friend? And if I say, yes, I'm his friend, I feel really good about that answer, not like, yeah, I kind of think so, I'm not sure, but you are like, yeah, I'm his friend. I'm a, I'm a friend of God. So with that, would you please open up to John chapter 15, we're just, just five verses, 12 to 17. John chapter 15, 12 to 17. And if you need a Bible or a pen or some notes, just raise your hand. We'll get you one. And and that Bible's a gift from us to you. You can keep it. Hey, Margaret, you can keep it if you don't have one. You can keep that Bible. And over here, two guys. Brian, over here, we got Margaret here, and then a lady over here, please. And, uh, And so go ahead and open up to John chapter 15. And we'll be reading verses 12 to 17 together. And if you look up on the screen, you'll see today's prayer. Uh, The computer kind of chopped it up a little, but that's okay. I'm just going to read it right now. I'll pray in a moment. But those of us who've been called out of this world are your friends, dear Lord. We, we, I'm gonna, you know, just thinking about that. He's called us out. So that's what church means, ecclesia, called out ones. We've been given eyes to see the truth of your salvation so that we can freely receive the spirit who comes from you. Thank you that we're not drawn to the spirit of this world, but we have your wonderful Holy Spirit living in us through your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you. You know, Mike talked about the 316s last week, and and, uh, 1 Corinthians 316. 
says, yeah, we have not received the spirit of this world. We have received the spirit who is from God. So that's a good 316 mic right there. So let's go ahead and pray this prayer together, would you please? Dear Lord God, uh, those of us here who've been called out of this world, we are your friends. We've been given eyes to see. Thank you, Lord. We were blind, but now we see. And we see the truth of your salvation so that we can freely receive the Holy Spirit who comes from you. Thank you that we're not drawn to the spirit of this world, wanting to live in the dirt, in the pig sty, so to speak, but we have your wonderful Holy Spirit living in us, drawing us up all through your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Please bless this time now as we open your wonderful word and discuss some things, make some observations from your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me in honor of God's word as I read these verses? This is my commandment, Jesus said, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master's doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Please bless this time now as we open it up and open up our minds and our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. Where is Doug? Is Doug in here? Where are you at, Doug? Doug's in the nursery with the kids? Oh, okay. All right, I just wanted to be sure because I'm going to be talking about Doug a little bit here, so just... Well, let's start with verse 12. Take those notes, if you would, and let's make some observations and see what God wants to speak to our hearts, what he wants to teach us. Well, verse 12 says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, Jesus, we could go through, and there are many, many ways that Jesus loved his disciples, right? But here's, here's one that God brought to my attention, and, and I, I was reading the uh, Holcomb Christian Standard Bible, and it, it, look at this, Romans 15, 7. Check it out. Therefore, accept one another, just as the Messiah also accepted you to the glory of of God. And so I, I, thinking about friends and thinking about acceptance, here's the observation I made. When Jesus is our friend, he accepts us for who we are and is loyal to us even when we make a mistake. Isn't that beautiful? When Jesus is our friend, he accepts us for who we are and is loyal to us even when we make a mistake or we make mistakes. It's not conditional love, right? It's not, hey, 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 you better not fail me, or I'm out of here. It's not that kind of love, right? It's loyal, hesed love, and what a challenge to love like that. 
to love, to be loyal, even when somebody lets you down and hurts you, right? Even when God stops blessing you the way you expect him to bless you, what a challenge to love him that way, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've experienced this loyalty and acceptance often in my friendship with the guy I mentioned a few moments ago, Mr. Doug Doherty. Doug's uh, the guy that when I really mess up, I always challenge myself, okay, is this something I better go talk to Doug about? He's my accountability partner. He's the guy that, I, do I need to talk with Doug? And, uh, you know, so Doug sees and he knows many of my weaknesses, knows a lot of my mistakes, been an elder here, been involved with things that have gone on here, knows my life, and he still stands by me as his friend. And I can remember on one occasion, I confessed him where I'd messed up big time. Doug, I really messed up. Yeah, confessed with him, talked to him about it. And when I finished, I asked him, hey, are you, are you angry? Are you disappointed in me? Do you feel like I let you down as, as, as your friend, as, as your pastor? And his response was this, yeah, I'm bothered. And I thought, oh, man. And then he said, because now I feel like I should confess my sin to you. <laughs> In that moment, I felt totally accepted, loved. And because of that, I was, able to, I was able to receive his advice on what I needed to do to make things right. And truly, I feel this with all my elders, you know, Mike, Rob, Uncom, I, I yeah, Jim Sine, pray for Jim. Uh, she's, she's, Kay's in, in hospice, and um, they haven't given her long. Pray for Jim. So just let's pray for them now. Father, we pray for Jim Sine. We love him. Many people know him. Many here uh, Maybe don't, but boy, all the years that at the door, greeting and loving and what a friend, what a godly man. And so we just pray that you would support Jim and Kay right now. Help them in this, in this valley of the shadow of death. Please, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, take a look at this verse, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. What a great verse. A man of many companions may come to ruin. In other words, not a lot of close friends. You're kind of out there. You're, you're, you're kind of a lone ranger if you have many but not close friends. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so it's important to have those people like a Doug Doherty or people close to you that you can trust and, and depend on. But let's realize this. Sadly, though, even those people may leave us. Oh, that person, they'll never walk away from me. They'll always be my friend. And you just, or sadly, death may, death may depart them from us, right? I remember going next door to my old neighbor, and I said, hey, how you, how you doing? And he said, oh, that darn Phyllis, that was my mom. Why'd she have to go and die on me? And uh, we can't control that, can we? And... But I know there's one. His name is Jesus. He accepts us, and he'll never leave us. Amen to that. So, so here's a question for you. Your friendship involves being reciprocal. You know, they show me love. I show them. Well, well, will we reciproc reciprocate that loyalty to Jesus? 
Even when he seems to be withholding his, his blessings, even when, God, you're taking some of them away even, you're removing, will we remain loyal? Or, oh, well, that's it, God. You're supposed to be a cosmic Santa Claus, and you're supposed to be blessing me. I'm out of here. I'm done. Or will we remain loyal even when it seems like his blessings are fading or being removed? Well, let's look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Well, here, write this down. Number two, when Jesus is our friend, he's willing to consider your life more precious than his own life. What? Yeah. He's willing to lay down his life for your life. When Jesus is our friend, he's willing to consider your life more precious than his own life. Wait a minute. You mean he knows everything about me, my my crud, my foolishness, my sin, my mistakes, and he still loves me like that? Yes. You're kidding. No. Who are the people that you die for? I have a cousin who, she was babysitting her younger brother and saw the car coming. She pushed him out of the way and took the hit. She didn't die, but she was never right again mentally. She gave up her life for him. Who in your life would you sacrifice your own life to rescue them or to keep them safe? On Saturday, November 11th, we're going to celebrate Veterans Day. Who are our veterans in here? Would you just thank you. Thank you, you guys. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Madeline. Uh, These are people who are willing or have been willing to lay down their lives for us. And in that sense, they are truly our friends. And the question here is, are we willing to lay down our lives for him? And, And it's not like a heroic death, it's, it's to live for him. Romans 12, 1 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And here, look at this question. This is one to, to think about. Are you willing to be a living sacrifice? Whenever he calls you, you know, whenever he calls you to do Whatever he calls you to do, that's a tongue tie, wherever he calls you to do it, whenever, whatever, wherever, even Iowa. You sure, Sarah? You can let Daniel take you off to Iowa? Showed up at my house as a pimple-faced kid, now he's stealing my daughter. Why did I ever put up with him? I don't know. I'm a nice father-in-law, aren't I? But anyhow. Well, look at verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. As a friend to Jesus, we are willing to comply with what he's asked of us. We're willing to obey. We're willing to comply with what he's asked of us as a friend. And God responds to us too when we pray, right? 
You're like, what? God responds? Saying he complies with what we ask when we pray. Not always. He can, he's God. He can say no. But oftentimes he says yes or he says, wait, I have something better. You know, in my marriage with Wendy, there are often times when I comply or obey a request she makes. She didn't come out and command that, hey, take me to Virginia. I need to get down there with my parents. But she made it clear that I was to provide a way and uh, to get her there, so I made it happen. And uh, there are many times that she complies with requests of mine. Is that? <laughs> eh, be quiet, okay? Be quiet over here. All right. <laughs> and, and why do we do this for one another? Why? Why do we do this? It's because we love one another. And we want to bless one another. It's not just about harmony in our relationship, but it's also about, you know, this, this man, it's not like a list. I got to do the list or I'm out. I'm not loved. You know, Jesus said this in John chapter 14. Take a look. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And truly, our, our willingness to submit to one another uh, uh, it's evidence of our love for one another. I'm going to do what I know you want me to do because I love you and I want to help your life to be better. Well, do you demonstrate your love for your friend, Jesus, by consistently doing what he asks you to do? Do you? Are you his friend? Verse 15. I, I no longer... No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, Jesus says. But I've called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I've made it known to you. So write this down, number four. Uh, Jesus will reveal the secrets of his heart to the one he calls friend. Yeah, he, God doesn't have intimates, but he has, or excuse me, favorites, but he has intimates. Are you intimate with God. Jesus will reveal the secrets of his heart to the one he calls friend. Here's a, here's a cool statement that kind of goes along with that. Ready? Transparency is the currency of relationship. In other words, if somebody is willing to invest in the relationship, that involves them investing in the relationship. That involves them being open and honest. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to tell you what's going on with me, and I'm going to trust you. Do you realize that God does that with you and I through his word and prayer? Listen, listen. As we walk with him and and he opens our minds to understand the word. The more we, we get in the word and we stay in the word, he opens our minds to not only understand his word, but to receive from him personal messages to us as we open his word. It's called rhema. Logos means word. It's for all of us. Thou shalt not kill. That's for all of us. But as we each read the Bible, God will speak to us a personal message. He'll give us a, what's called a rhema. That's the word that's used when God says, husbands, wash your wives in the word. That means you're supposed to be re revealing to that your wives, hey, I was reading the word today, and I really believe God spoke to my heart. This is what he wants me to do or this is what he's speaking to me, or this is what he's teaching me, or this is where he's dealing with me in this area. And 
You reveal that personal, intimate word that God's speaking to you. There have been times that I've sat down with God's word and, and he gave an answer to, to something that I, I was confused about or something I needed some understanding. God, give me some understanding here of what's going on. Here, look at this scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3. It's so true. Call to me and I'll answer you. That's what he says. And I'll tell you great and hidden things you've not known. I'll reveal to you Inside info. I'll give you knowledge to my will. I'll open up to you the secrets of my heart, if you will. And there are times in prayer when he helps me to know how I ought to pray for others. I've received inside information on a person, and it's not so that I can criticize them like, hey, you messed up, man. I know you did. I know you're in sin. No, it's not that at all. Or it's not so that I can, hey, did you hear? You know, this is what I'm observing and seeing. It's not that at all. It's so that I know better how to pray for that person and love them in that way. You know, when I think of these things, this, this God revealing the secrets of his heart and the joy that's there, I thought of this song. Check it out. This is in the, you know, a line from In the Garden. I come to the garden alone. This is an oldie. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. While the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Yeah. Do we take the time? to get into God's word and pray to have this kind of intimacy with him. Do we? Do we give it the time? Do we make the investment? Do we open up our hearts to him and tell him where we're struggling? If we do, if we do these things, he'll reveal the secrets of his heart to us. Well, as we come to the end here, 16 and 17, take a look. He says, you didn't choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Here, this is a long one, but write this observation down, long one. Jesus has chosen us and appointed us to do a great work for him. Okay? He's chosen us and appointed us, just like he did his disciples, to do a great work for him. He also promised to supply all that we need through prayer as we, and the word should be walk. I think it's on the notes, but I missed it on the PowerPoint. Walk in friendship with him. As we walk in friendship with him. If it's not in the notes, please write it down. Jesus has chosen us and appointed us to do a great work for him. He also promised to supply all that we need through prayer as we walk in friendship with him. The Christian life is a supplied life. The Christian life is a supplied life. Uh, Another way to put it is this. Where God guides, he provides. You and I don't have it. We need it. He pours it into us. And wherever he guides us, he provides. Let's remember that. The Christian life is a supplied life. Where God guides, he provides. Jesus chose us and appointed us to do something wonderful for him. And he promised us that whatever we need to get the job done would be supplied to us through prayer to the Father. He's opened up the way for us to pray to the Father. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? 
right? He chose us not because of anything we've done or will do or the way we look or the money we have or the car we have or where we live or who we are. None of that. It's all because he freely chose to set his love on us. Man, if you forget anything today, walk away with that. Just sit down somewhere and think, God, you, ch- you freely chose to set your love on me, a wretch like me, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And you pour, you, you, so you not only freely poured out your amazing grace on me, you, you give me your glorious provision Glorious provision and opening up the way for me to boldly come before the throne and talk to the Father and get the things I need to do the things that you want me to do. Wow. Well, here's another song. Ready? What a friend we have in Jesus, right? And here's another oldie. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Well, as we come to the end of this discussion of are, are you a friend of God, John fifteen thirteen says, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. I want you to know Jesus laid down his life for you. If you've never understood his love like this before, Please give him your heart today. You know, you can do that right now. You can become a friend of God, a friend forever, right here, right now. Simply receive what he accomplished for you on the cross. Know that the blood that he poured out is paid for all your sin. And you can pray right now and ask him to be your savior. You can. Right here, right now, right where you're sitting, you can just say, Jesus, I understand you took my place. You laid down your life for me. I give myself to you. If you've done that, please realize you're his friend. You're a friend of God. You can say, yeah, I'm a friend of God. And you always will be. But listen, there's some things you can do to reciprocate that friendship. We talked about him today. As a friend, you remain loyal to him, even when he seems to be removing his blessings from you. Are you willing to sacrifice it all and do the whatever, whenever, wherever he calls? Do you demonstrate your love for him by doing what he asks you to do? Do you take the time to dig into his word and pray to him so that he can dis- you can discover the secrets of his heart? You can know him and be known by him. Do you understand that you've been chosen and appointed by him to do a great work? And that he's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's going to walk with you in that. It's a co-mission, not a lone mission. And in all of it, do you realize that he's with you and will hear every prayer? Do you? What a responsibility, what an awesome privilege it is to be the friend of God, amen?